Hello, movie lovers and movie goers. This is the Film 7 Podcast. My name is Andy, and I've got here with me Jake. Hello, Andy, and hello, everybody listening today. How are you doing? Doing good. How are you? Yeah, not too bad. You get up to anything this week? See anything cool? Yes, I did. Um, yesterday, I saw Us, and a lot to talk about that film. So looking forward to that section of the show. Yeah, I saw that as well, and I'm so excited to talk about that movie because, like you said, there's a lot to talk about that happens in that. As well as that, I uh, finally finished Love, Death and Robots on Netflix. Yeah, what did you think? I loved it, man. Uh, there's a couple of episodes that I thought, man, whatever. Yeah. But the majority of them, I had such good fun. Yeah. It, and yeah. It, d- it delivers everything I expected it to. And it, like I said before on the show, it does exactly what it says on the tin. Love, Death and Robots. And uh, it's just, it's so good. Some of the animation was incredible. Yeah, yeah. Like one of the episodes, I can't remember what it was called, but you know the episode where uh, the guy gets trapped in space and he meets like his former lover? Yeah. Some of the graphics on that, at times I was like, am I watching animation? Because it looks so real. <laughs> yeah. So, so good. So. That w- I think that was one of my favorite episodes, that one. The twist in the end was like, what? And like, it, it was so good. I loved almost every episode. You're correct. There were some that were just a bit, mm-mm-mm, but most of it. And, they had so many different anime, anime styles, animated animation styles, and it was just really good. Another one I liked was the one where they would excavate Dracula. That one, yeah, I know that one. Yeah, 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 that was really funny as well. It was really good. It was yeah, really good. I also really liked this one. I do know the the name uh, Zima Blue. You remember the one with the blue robot, and then he had like the centerpieces of arts and stuff like that. That was so good, and then the twist at the end just blew my mind. So, like, it ah, oh. it was yeah, good. If you guys, I mean, why don't you have Netflix? But if you've got Netflix, check out this show because you will not be disappointed. Um, as well as that, I finally finished because uh, it's finally the final episode premiered of Star Wars Resistance. Mm. So, like I said on previous show, it is more geared towards kids. Like the first half, I was sort of okay, whatever. The second half of the show, though, really pumps up. Mm. Is there? Anything new in it that we didn't know before? You get to learn a bit more about the First Order and the Resistance and the State of the Republic at the time. So you get to know little tidbits that add to the canon because I think that's a big period that we're missing about what's actually the state of the galaxy in this current, uh, the sequel era, Mm. as it's known as. This fills in, doesn't fill out loads, but it fills in little blanks here and there. And if, like I said before, if you're a Star Wars fan, check out this show because by the end of it, it gets really good. And I'm now looking forward to season two. No, oh, that, because that's something I, I, I even myself, I, I, I haven't really got much information on the first order, how it rose, and how Snoke became the leader of the first order. You know, yeah, it's something I still need to. I, I don't have all that info no, yet. No, I mean I know various bits about the first order specifically, like through the show Resistance, and also novels like Bloodline, written by Claudia Gray, which is one of the my favorite Star Wars books out there, but. I agree with you on the Snoke part of it. We still know, like, nothing. So I'm hoping something comes out on there. Cool. So we're going to kick off the show with our first segment, which is the movie and TV news. This week, we've got quite a packed show in terms of news, trailers, and our always special review at the end. But we're going to start this one off with the news, and it's finally happened. After years and years of talking and the papers are signed, the ink is dry, hands have been shaken, Disney have now bought Fox, 
for an amount of $71.3 billion. Wow. That's a crazy, crazy amount of money. And this is a huge, huge deal. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a big deal for the film and TV industry as a whole. This is, this is massive. I don't think a, a deal has ever been quite as big as this in terms of acquiring another company. So there's a lot to talk about in regards to this deal. But what do you think? About, you know, we've been talking about this for ages now. But now that it's finally happened, what are your overall thoughts? A bit scary, but good at the same time. Scary in the sense that now that Disney owns everything... If Disney is shit, that's what we get. We don't have an alternative because they literally have everything right now. But at the same time, I'm excited because Disney has done some good stuff over the years. So I'm hoping they can continue that trend. But that amount, $71.3 billion, that's some IT level company buying another company type of thing, but it's just ah, it's such a huge amount of money. However, I think they're going to make it in less than ten years. Oh yeah, yeah, a hundred. Yeah. The, the amount of franchises they've acquired is mm. insane. Mm. Like, um, I have I have mixed feelings about this merger. More towards the positive side, though. For me, obviously, being a huge nerd and, and fan of comic book movies and and all that, I'm happy that the Fox Marvel characters, so the X-Men, Deadpool, Fantastic Four, all of that is coming back to Marvel Studios, which makes me very happy because the X-Men has had a up and down yeah. uh, saga. Yeah. They've had some really, really good movies, yeah. and they've also had some pretty bad ones as well. Recently, they did start pumping out some good ones with like Deadpool and Logan and stuff like that, but the actual X-Men ones, they were rockety. And as we know, they've never really been able to do a Fantastic Four movie. So give it to the people who clearly know what they're doing. Put it in that universe. And it also, it's quite comforting to know that they're home mm. in, in a way. You know, mm. they're yeah. part of the universe where they should be. So that makes me excited. The fact that they've got now the official rights for the, the original Star Wars trilogy, which is cool. But there's also a lot of bad things about this. The inevitable truth is that I think the figure is around 4,000 jobs will be lost. Uh-huh. That is the sad thing about whenever a company takes over another company. There is a lot of job losses mm. in that. So that is quite sad, but unfortunately that is business. That's just the way it goes. And there's also, like you said, because they're slowly going to be controlling everything, there's this element of monopolizing and not giving much room for competition. We'll see how it goes, because you you do still have the other major studios like Universal and Warner Brothers and Sony. But Disney, they've already eliminated another one, which is Fox. That's under theirs now. So we'll see where the future goes with how the film industry is controlled by these companies. Yeah, I mean, America doesn't like Monopoly, so hopefully they can put some brakes on their tracks. Because if you allow them, they will just buy everything. and. And next thing you know now, they just control the minds and hearts of every young person. So whatever, for the lack of a better word, I would just use the word agenda. Whatever agenda they want to push out, they can do it because they own, they own the kids. You know, so they define everybody's childhood. So every, in 10, 15 years, everything that adults will be talking about, the adults of 10, 15 years from now will be everything Disney is going to pump out. So if they want to send a message, Disney can do that right now. It's not like before where there were so many other people and if you don't like what this guy is saying, you can listen to that guy. But now Disney is just the home at having everything. 
but it's to me it's more good news than bad so yeah know. no i agree i also like the fact that this does give them more of a an outlook on to getting other sort of age groups so as we know disney have always been um you know recognized as being more of a kid friendly sort of thing they aim towards children that is just that cool that is fine but now with this they get to i think they get to have explore in different things leading to more adults and things like that because they've got alien you know aliens fox that's that's hard rated r you know and predator all these all these properties which are really popular franchises that you do need to do something with so i'm going to it's going to be interesting to see how they move forward with the more mature stuff and they've also said that they're keeping Deadpool rated R, which good. you know, yeah, good, good. because you have to have Deadpool mm. rated R. Yeah. So I'm going to be really interested to see how they approach those types of properties. Mm. So they are expanding to try and get a, a broader thing, and like I think they're doing the same thing with Star Wars. Like Star Wars with George Lucas, his thing is that I made this for 12 year olds. That's a very important age as you go into manhood, mm. and that those films sort of represent that in a way. Since Disney have bought Star Wars, it looks like it's not just for 12-year-olds. Now it's going to be for everybody. Yeah. You know, you've got shows like Resistance, which is more for kids. And the movies are sort of quite for everybody. And then Mandalorian looks like it's going to be more for the oh, the more mature audiences. So that looks like that's the legacy of Disney, of where they're going to be going. You mentioned Star Wars. One thing that they've not done it, and there is no indication that they will do it in the future, is that I think they may want to rein in on, you know now, everybody's allowed to make a fan film everybody's allowed to do whatever you want with star wars because i think that was after rogue one it was an, um, after the force awakens they announced that you know make your fan films and everything i'm just thinking it has to be budgeted by yourself though yeah, yeah. budgeted by yourself you can't raise money you can't make money from it yeah. you know that, that those are kind of some of the rules but i'm just thinking and, and they the, one of the also rules is that they have to state it's not canon yeah, and it's not aff affiliated to the canon. Yeah, a couple of rules like that. But the thing is, um, I'm just hoping that they continue that. They don't try to rein it in and be like, okay, enough is enough. Because, uh, you know, on, on the internet, I see a lot of people working on some really cool Star Wars -y kind of things because Lucasfilm gave everybody the freedom to do it. But I'm just hoping Disney doesn't cut that out. But yeah, that's not the topic for today. So yeah, That's another topic yeah. entirely. Yeah. Cool, so we're going to head into the next topic of the news, and that is filming begins on Denis Villeneuve. I still can't say this guy's name. Villeneuve. Villeneuve. <laughs> Villeneuve. Anyway, my man Denis, who is the director of a couple of my favorite science fiction movies of the last couple of years, Arrival and Blade Runner 2049. We've talked about it in the show before. He's doing June, mm. and it's finally started filming. And the other bit of news that broke out relating to this is that Hans Zimmer is going to be scoring the movie. Okay. So I'm just, this is just, I'm so excited this film is actually going into production. I'm a huge fan of the novel, all the talent attached to this, and Denis directing. And now you add Hans Zimmer to the mix. This is me all over. Mm. I am, I'm going to be there opening night with my popcorn. <laughs> I'm, I can't wait for this movie. When man. is it out? I think it comes out. Have to look up the official date if there is one, but I think it's sometime next year. Next year, okay. later next, so like towards the end of 2020. Okay, so it's like far off. Yeah, so almost like, 2021. Uh, yeah, so I would say sort of around the September October. I could be, it could be early. I'm not sure, but I'll have to double check on that. Mm. So, are you excited for this movie? Because you have, have you read the book? No, I haven't read the books, but the names behind it gets me excited. You know, it's sort of like um, I can't remember the name of the film we saw here on the show it, 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 there wasn't much 
market. Uh, was that Triple Frontier, was it? Yeah, Triple Frontier. Also, there was another one that, the one that had, um, I can't remember the name of the film. We reviewed it here. And the reason we spoke about it was because of the names behind it, because the names were so big. When you have such names behind a project, it's really going to be good. So now, even Hans Zimmer, it, it shows that this is not just they just had some 10 million lying around so they just decided to make a film this is an investment so i'm thinking it's going to be a very good movie they're going all in with yeah, this movie yeah I think. yeah it, it is it looks like it's a movie they want to make money from so it's they're investing a lot of manpower and resource into this film so looking forward to it haven't seen the novels but this is going to be a good film no 100 percent. i think the track record from Denny's last couple of films just yeah. show. And yeah. he also did Sicario, mm. if you remember. Yes, yes. So, you know, he the last three films he's done, that's three for three. So Oscar-winning films we're talking about here. So I, d I can't deny it's going to be a really good film. What I'm interested in is that because there's actually a trilogy of books. Mm. So is Denny going to just do this one movie and, and that's it? And they're just going to focus on the first book? Or are they going to be open to carry on this? And if they do, is Denny going to want to stay on to do it? Because with Blade Runner, he was like, I'm just going to do one and that's it. And people were saying, oh, could you do a sequel? Because that one was so good. And he's like, nope. Like, I've, I've done, I want to respect the legacy it left. I don't know if he's going to do this one. Because this has a possibility of becoming its own franchise. Well, do, normally studios, what they do is they release the first one and they see how it goes before they decide to make another one. They've probably, probably contracted him for the three films. Probably. And they, but they just want to see what the first one will do then they'll decide if they'll make the second and third one but yeah looking forward to this that seems to be the uh, the going thing in hollywood now is that they're signing all the directors and actors for three films yeah. not necessarily because they're going to do three films but that safety net yeah to have them there in case they go oh that one earned a lot of money mm -hmm. let's do a sequel to that mm -hmm. but like i said it's interesting to see if denny stays on though because he's a certain director very much like Christopher Nolan. Christopher Nolan was an exception with the Batman trilogy, but he's very much like, I'll make one movie and mm -hmm. then I'm on to something else. Mm -hmm. I don't like to expand on a franchise and something like that. So it'll be interesting to see if he does it here. Yeah, I think I, I, I agree with that notion because when you have a film and if, I mean, when you're making a film, it takes so much of your time and that's all you're thinking about for years. When it's done, you just want to move on to something else, but to keep on it, keep on it. So I respect Kevin Feige and the guys at Marvel who's been doing this for 11 years or you know it's well 11 years since the movies came out but really they would have been yeah but years before this preparing all this yeah so they've probably been on it for close to 20 years, years. 15 20 yeah. years easy like what are they gonna he's probably gonna have PTSD after the after Endgame you know it's um it's it's not easy to be honest it's not no, it's it, we've said it before. One of the most difficult things to make in this world is a film, mm. let alone a good film. Yeah. So with that, all that star-studded talent, we go to Christopher Nolan. So we don't know much about his next movie. All we know is that it's coming out next year. I think it was or twenty twenty-one. I can't remember. We talked about it. Twenty-one. Twenty twenty-one. Twenty twenty-one. That was it. Yeah. So we still know nothing about that, but we know some casting announcements. We've got the Black Klansman star, John David Washington probably going to be the lead i would imagine and also robert patterson and elizabeth debecky to also star so three really good actors mm. what are your thoughts on this i mean there's nothing there's we, not i don't know no thoughts no comments because we don't know what it's going to be about these actors are not are not 
um, what's the like household names? Yeah, they're not household names, and they're not known for one particular type of film. You know, there are some actors well, that. Well, I would say Robert Pattinson. He's quite. He's known for Twilight. Yeah, no, I mean, what I'm saying is that they're not known for. There are some actors you know them because they are action heroes. There are some you know because they are, they act. They are into romance or comedy. You know, there are some people that have been typecast into one type of film. You know, but none of these guys and these 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 guys who have been cast, they've starred in different types of films. So there is no indication where the film is going based on the cast. So it can go anywhere. It could be science fiction for all we know, because these guys, you know, nothing to say, okay, this is gonna be this because it's got this actor. So it has to be about it has to be set around this time or this period and nothing at all. So we don't know anything. However, if Christopher Nolan is on it, it's going to be good. That's, at least that's almost a certainty. Well, nothing is certain, but that's almost a certainty. If Nolan is on it, it's covered. Yeah, it's like we were just talking about with the film June. With that director and that cast, you're more than likely going to get a really good film, and that's what attracts you to the film. For me, instantly, it's that Nolan's doing it. And like I, like I said in previous episodes, Black Klansman was such a great film. And the star was for me, John David Washington, obviously Adam Driver as well. But I'm glad that he's getting more recognition now. Mm. Robert Patterson, it's interesting to see him coming on board like a, like this sort of pretty boy. But Christopher Nolan proved that he can do that because he did that with Dunkirk and Harry Styles from One Direction. This sort of young pretty boy had not mm-hmm. much acting and he got a great performance out of him. Mm-hmm. So that just shows a lot of it does ride on how good of a director you are as well. I've heard some things, but this thing is... It, the internet is full of weird and rumbling rumors, but I've heard completely different things. I've heard one that it's going to be like a romantic thriller. Okay. And then I've heard another one that's going to be very action heavy. Mm. So I'm like, well, those seem like two very different things. So yeah. right now I'm just going to wait until they actually say what it's going to be. Yeah, I, can't I can't see Christopher Nolan doing a romantic romantic thriller. I, I can't see Nolan doing action. Hell yeah, but not... yeah. So. But, you know, it's still two years away. They are probably still doing line reading. They've not said anything. So let's just, you know. They're probably still working on the script, as yeah. we speak. Like, yeah, they've probably got to go through a few changes. Although I would like to see Nolan not do an action movie because the great thing about Nolan is that really every film he does, he likes to try a different genre of film, doesn't he? So like Dunkirk was a war film. Batman, obviously, is a superhero film. Interstellar was a sci-fi film. Prestige was a thriller. Well, Inception was his own sort of weird creation. That's what I really appreciate about Nolan, is that his, he likes to try different things. I would be really interested to see what he does with horror. <laughs> that, would be, that would be something. Horror, horror and it is an art. It's not, it's not just a film. It's, 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 it's deeper than that. I don't... I, I, I don't know if he'll be able to make a good horror film. That's just my opinion, but because horror is just something else. You know, and when we talk about us, you see one wrong move and you've lost the audience, you know. But we'll see. I think it's going to be something like Inception. It's going to be because it's going to be something very weird and wonky type of film. I think that's what it's going to be because people are getting more in tune with those kind of movies that are very... The front is the back and the back is the front and the left is right and right is left. That kind of people are getting more mature in their brains and they're able to take that. And I think it's going to be something like that, but we'll see. 
Cool, so we'll go into the next topic and final topic for the news, and that is not quite a nice topic, but Warner Brothers chief Kevin Sujahara is resigning from Warner Brothers. So there's been a lot of controversy sound surrounding this. Kevin Sujahara has been, there's been some text messages linked between an actress, her trying to land some acting jobs in certain films, and she had a sexual relationship with Kevin Sujahara. So this is the ugly side of Hollywood mm. that, pe that we, nobody really likes. Yeah. That people think, oh, does, does that stuff really happen? Mm. Yeah. Unfortunately, stuff like this does happen. So they've basically told him, you, man, you, you need to resign because this is going to look bad. Mm -hmm. So personally, with someone like this, I'm happy that he's resigning. Yeah. I'm sad that nothing else is happening. I, I think something needs to follow on this the movie industry needs to take note and needs to put a stop to things like this because it's just not good and it doesn't send a very good message to aspiring filmmakers and actors out there. Yeah, I mean, it's the whole Harvey Weinstein uh, Me Too thing about what goes on behind the scenes and what you, the price you need to pay if you want to make it in the industry. It, it's, it didn't just, it's been there forever. You know, it's been there since... Since the dawn of yeah, the movie industry, yeah, really. it's been there, it, you know, and would be naive. We will be naive to say it's still the, even after this scandal, it still goes on. It's um, it's just the nature of the business. If you wanna, you know, if you wanna dance with the devil, you need to get ready for the heat. You know, that's what they say. So I think that's, you know, it's sad. It's 2019 and we're still here, but something tells me in 2029 we'll still be talking about this. It's just that's the, way the sad it is. thing. Yeah, I think something needs to happen though it, to prevent it happening. If you, not, not as much, and people need to get a better outlook on how they pride themselves as well in trying to get into this industry. Like, we get it. We're filmmakers as well. It's hard. It's mm. really hard. Mm. You just got to persevere and not lose yourself as a filmmaker. Well, and yeah. I mean, now it's a bit better now because the industry is no longer as centralized as it used to be 10 15 years ago you know you know like i, I made a film and it's online and it's getting you know I, 20 years ago i couldn't make a film on my own every the only people that made films were the big studios with all the money but now you can be a mid-level filmmaker or actor and, and still have a fruitful career but then it was so competitive and if you really wanted to climb you really needed to bend your back bend back ways and bend backwards and just do the impossible but um it's not as bad as it used to be but i don't see it ever ending it's the price. i think it will always be there but like i said we need to try and find a way to restrict it as much as possible yeah i think yeah We'll see. Hopefully you never hear this, but I don't think that's going to be the case. Well, that's all the news wrapped up. So now we go into the next segment of the show, which is the trailer park. They've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. That doesn't make sense. Loads of trailers this week. We got four to talk about. Yep. So quite a packed one. The first one will go over to Disney and Pixar. Toy Story 4, the first trailer finally comes out. This has got me all sorts of emotions. <laughs> yeah, it's... W what do you think of the trailer? I love the... It's Toy Story. It's a Toy Story film. It is what Toy Story is. It's just Woody and Buzz and an adventure. And we learn something about friendship, about growing up, about community. We just... It's... um, Yeah, it's a Toy Story film. You know, 
I'm happy. I'm going to see it. It's a good. It's going to be a good film. It's nothing new. It's this follows the same pattern as the first three movies before it. Yeah, it's just it's. No, I can't say anything bad about Toy Story. No, you yeah. can't. I mean, they're three for three. With this, yeah. it's it's a perfect trilogy, mm. really. So it's interesting that they've decided to do a fourth movie. But like you said, this trailer just it looks fantastic. It just looks everything Toy Story should be, and especially in the way the world is going on now with so much hatred. We need films like this to, you know, give us some messages about friendship and love and be nice to people.、Mm. This is the thing with Pixar is that they make movies that yes, they are geared towards children, but they have all these subtle messages that children don't get that us as an adult can really appreciate. And coming out of the cinema, watching a film like that, and feel better about yourself and feel better about the world. Yeah, because there are good people out there with good messages to, to tell. Yeah, they make very clever films. Yeah, the, 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 the subtext. The kid can watch it for what it is, but as an adult, you watch it, you see the subtext, you see the meaning behind the meaning, and it's they do it so well. What's that film? The one that talks about emotions. The, oh, that was ah,、oh, I really Inside Out. Inside Out. What a great film! Wow, what a film! Wow! That, yeah, that was that was a really powerful、uh, film,、yeah. really emotional. Yeah, like, it spoke to me. That film, I think that yeah, I was like, this is actually for me one of the best films of the year. Yeah, I can't remember what year it came out, but it was a few years ago. That was fantastic, and they just keep on doing that Pixar. That's、mm. that's what I mean. That they、yeah. appeal to everyone.、Mm-hmm. I mean, a kid will watch that film and just be like, yeah, it's a kid about you know t- a tiny man in my head and all that. But as an adult, you watch it and you start to see. Deeper meanings, how um, these things emotional, how things affect kids emotionally, and what they go through, and you see how easy it is to get into depression if it's not handled properly. And I was like, wow, this is such a clever film, and everything was so on point in that film. And yeah, you're absolutely correct. Pixar, they do know how to do that. So, Toy Story can be about yeah, you know, just an adventure of toys, but there is always that. Meaning behind it, and I'm、uh, yeah. It's such it, it, Pixar does it very well. It's also interesting when you're younger and you watch these films, and like you see that、like、we said, you don't always get it. But the older you get and you start rewatching them, you like, oh, I didn't <laughs> notice that before.、Yeah. And then you st- and then you look at the film in a very different way.、Yeah. The older you get with these type of films, so yeah. I mean, it. What more can we say? It's going to be a, a great film, and I, I just can't wait to see it.、Mm. So from the big screen, we head over to the small screen. The very anticipated season three of Stranger Things. The first trailer dropped, so I'll start this one off. This trailer was fantastic. I loved the the beginning where you just start. So you know more of the same. These friends and their relationship, the chemistry is good. And you know each season, obviously, it's you expect it that each season they're just getting better. You know, obviously they're getting older, their acting's improving, and because they've been each- with each other for so many years now, their chemistry—they're like actual friends, which is what I love. And then we start the you know, the trailer intensifies, and we get to all these crazy, quick shots, and and we don't. Re- and but what I love about the trailer, they didn't show really anything about、mm. the plot.、Mm-hmm. We know nothing about the plots. The majority of the trailer was just quick shots of you know the characters and the scenarios and stuff like that. And the the music as well. I thought there was a very good music choice to put this song in there. And then of course the money shot at the end where you see the creature. Are we going to revisit the upside down place? I don't know. I, that's the thing. I don't know. But this just has everything that I loved about Stranger Things, and I'm going to be really interesting to see where they take it、mm. because I love season two. I think I prefer season one a bit more, but that's because I thought it was more of the same season two. 
you know, they went back to the upside down place. It was just a different take on it. This one, I hope they go a different path. They, you know, obviously you have to have the element of the upside down in there because it's what makes the show, but take it a different path. And I think they're going to be doing mm. that with this. What did you think? Yeah, there was, when I saw the trailer, there was so much going on. There were so many clips, so much going on. And in my head, I'm like, this is probably going to be a series where from the first episode, first minute of the first episode, it's just going to pick up and keep going, picking up. There will be no wasted episodes, no wasted clips or shots or characters. Things are just going to be moving very, very, very fast. I think I counted up to... I think what? I think I counted up to nine people I have never seen before that have speaking roles in this in the, from the trailer. So you can see that, and that's a lot of people. There was the politician. There was the girl behind the store. There was the guy with the gun. There was um, somebody um, talking at the fair. There were a couple of people, and I was like, I don't. I, these people were not in the first three, and I was like, okay. So there is a lot, and there is so much going on. They had to just mash everything up in that trailer so i'm pretty excited and um yeah i agree with you episode season one was probably better than season two but something you've said on the show is that on the show here is that it's um the hardest thing to make is a sequel so i think yeah that's why season two wasn't really up there it's not bad but it wasn't really as good as season one but season three i think it's good and you're right the actors have grown they are tall now and you know they i think they're gonna explore they're actually gonna talk about it i think what i could deduce from the dialogue in the trailer is some of them want to grow old and do other stuff whereby some of them or one of them wants to remain a kid and keep playing games and that's gonna that's gonna bring a division between them and you know what happens in stranger things whenever there is a division in that group somebody gets into trouble somebody talks to monsters or somebody gets kidnapped or something so i think based on that um division because someone someone doesn't want to grow old he's gonna get into trouble and they're gonna try and save him and everything is gonna come full cycle i think that's how it's gonna play out do you think this is the last season or do you think they're gonna do more i think this is the last one something tells me this is the last one i, I don't see I mean, how many times can we go to the upside down world? How many times can we deal with these monsters? I mean, we'll get bored. So I think this is the last one. I actually think so. I also think it's interesting that the last two seasons, they had a Halloween theme because they were released on Halloween, weren't they? Yeah. At the end of October. This one's July 4th. Celebration. American Independence Day. Yeah. So it's going to take place in a different period. So I think that also signifies that they are going to do something different mm. here. Mm. So I'm super excited. We're only a couple of months away. It's it's going to be another one of those press play and binge, binge, binge. All, all in once. Yeah, binge. that's what I love about Netflix, man. Cool. So we're going to head back to the big screen, and we're going to go for one of our favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino. Oh. The ninth movie from Quentin Tarantino, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, featuring Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio, and Margot Robbie. <laughs> first trailer came out so i'm gonna let you start this one off indeed what did you think of the oh, trailer oh man like tarantino can make a film about paint drying just put a camera in front of a wall and paint is drying and i will still watch it i love that guy he is top top five directors tarantino is there for me you know and um then he was able to get brad pitt and DiCaprio and in a film that is such a huge 
deal bringing them together for a Tarantino movie. I just can't wait for the dialogue because that's what gets me about Tarantino movies. The dialogue is always very, very interesting to listen to. And this film it seems like it has a lot of that, a lot of crazy chats and dialogue so looking forward to that this is going to be a good funny film it's going to it's following the same tarantino trend there's going to be a bit of gore in it because i think the talk there's the charlie well it takes place during the charles manson murders in that mm -hmm. era because obviously margot robbie is playing the character of sharon tate which mm. is one of charles manson's victims mm. so yes the, the, i mean it's tarantino of course there's going to be gore like, yeah in a very gory way, no, you know, over the top. Yeah, yeah, but um, it's it's gonna be good. This is gonna be a good film, and you know, I, I think we saw a clip where the little girl was saying that's the best acting I've ever seen, and the girl's like, in my head, does do you, does this happen to you or to the folks listening? Sometimes you see a clip on in a film, and you're like, that's gonna be a meme. I, once I saw it, I was like, that is gonna be a meme. I'm sure if I Google it now memes i'm sure i'll see that clip there it was so yeah it was so funny that clip and that's just typical times you know it's gonna be a good i still can't wait for this film I, i'm gonna see it in the cinema straight on the days comes out i love it looking forward to it yeah, I completely echo your thoughts. I don't know really what I can add to that. It's Tarantino, it's Brad Pitt, it's DiCaprio, and it's Margot Robbie. Like th this, there's 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 a lot of talent happening now with all like big directors and big stars making some really interesting films. And but Tarantino, he he was one of the first. Like he doesn't go soft on his casting. He goes for the best of the best. And as we know, Leo and Brad Pitt, they are at the top of their game. Yeah, Brad Pitt, I think. In a way, he had his his time to shine. He's sort of not taking a back seat now, but still, everything he comes out with, I'm just like, man, this guy can act. Oh yeah, what what an incredible oh. actor! And and one of my favorite movies that Brad Pitt has done is Inglorious Bastards, where he did it with Quentin Tarantino, which was fantastic. But to now, um, uh, get um, what's his name? Uh, Leonardo, Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> yeah, to work with him, man, th this is going to be something else. It's going to be good. They I haven't worked together, have they? Mm, I'm sure they have. Let's Didn't they see. Done? Strange if they haven't. I don't think they have. Hmm. No, I don't. I don't think. I mean, it, uh, listeners out there, correct us if we're wrong. But I don't think Leonardo DiCaprio has worked with Quentin Tarantino. Oh, with Tarantino yeah, or yeah. with um, Brad Pitt? No, with Quentin Tarantino. No, he hasn't. So that's that's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought you meant Tarantino. No, yeah, Tarantino. So no, he hasn't. No. So. I mean, it could be another Oscar. I mean, that's that scene you were talking about alone, where he's like crying. Mm -hmm. That looks like man. He's gonna knock that scene, yeah. and that's gonna be an Oscar-winning yeah. scene, right? <laughs> it's um, strange. He's, he hasn't got his Samuel Jackson in it. That's uh, that that's we know of yet. That we know. Yeah, could make a cameo. I, I'm sure he will. He probably will. He always gets Sammy J yeah, in his films. I mean, Is there anything? I don't think he's done. He hasn't done a film with Samuel Jackson. Without Samuel Jackson, he hasn't. No. I don't think he has. Well, Inglorious. Oh, no, no. He, he did have Samuel Jackson for Inglorious Bastards. Was he? he yeah, because he was narrating. Yeah. Maybe he, he's a narrator. True. Yeah. I'm sure he has to have Samuel Jackson there. Yeah. What, what is Tarantino without, without Samuel, Samuel Jackson? Jackson? You know, he has to have him there somehow. He's, he's going to be a part of it somehow. Mm. 100%. And yeah, I'm there opening night. I just can't wait for this movie. Uh, it's his ninth film. So after this, he's going to do, according to him, one more. Because so, he says after the 10 movies, that's him done. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, right. I reckon he'll release his 10 movie, movie and be like, that's it, I'm done. And then a couple of years will go by and then he'll be like, oh, 
I got an itch. Yeah, I'm back. Uh, he's like, you can't keep that much creative talent contained yeah. because he'll he'll think he'll retire and then he'll come up with something else because that mind will just keep on being creative and, and he'll be like, I have to make this movie. I think Netflix will scoop him. Ooh. I think, yeah, Netflix will pick him up and give him crazy Whatever freedom. he wants. Yeah, to do a series. Imagine if it was Tarantino that did Love, Death and Robots. Wow. wow. <laughs> just imagine uh, if it was him. You've just shocked me with the prospect of doing a Tarantino series. Whew. Because that, it makes perfect sense because that's where the industry is going, isn't yeah. it? Mm-hmm. And like, if if he so-called says that I'm going to do 10 movies, maybe he means 10 theatrical movies mm-hmm. and then he wants to go into TV. Yeah. That, oh, oof, I'm there. Of course I'm there. Just imagine that. And Netflix. Somebody, oh. somebody like Netflix or Amazon Prime, somebody just go, whatever you want to do, just so, go. Yeah, he's more, Amazon Prime, Amazon is a safe it's safe. Netflix are the daring ones. They, 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 dare they, 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 they take risks. Amazon is very calm and safe and clean and all that. But, you know, that would be so good if that happens. Well, wishes are horses. If wishes were horses, beggars would ride. So for our final trailer of the week, we have the John Wick 3 trailer, Parabellum. This movie is all sorts of crazy. I'll start this one off. I can't wait for this film. Like this is like very much like Hobbs and Shaw. This is going to be one of those. I'm just going to go in there, have a great time watching this action movie with fantastic choreography, choreography and action, mm. and just enjoy myself. I'm not going to worry too much about the plot and things like that. But the great thing I do like about John Wick, which separates it from other typical action movies, is is the world building mm. of of this universe you could say like from the very first film like I thought okay this is going to be a very one directional action hero film but then they introduced the hotel and how that works and then okay you're getting really interesting now and what is this world about and this just takes it to a new level he's got Halle Berry with him he's got a couple of dogs let's go <laughs> let's oh. let's go he's riding a horse yeah, he's like he's a got horse? he's got a samurai sword and he's waving it on a on a bike. This just looks all sorts of crazy. So yeah, I I just can't get over this movie. It looks fantastic. The cinematography also looks really good. Yeah, I really the like colors. yeah the colors, the use of lighting. Yeah, it's very neo yeah Blade Runnery sort of cyberpunk feel, mm. which I love. So I'm just I'm so excited for this movie. Mm. I think this will be the last one. I think I think if you do another one, you're just getting a bit cra- crazy now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, give us, you know, because the first two were great. Give us a, a really good trilogy and then and sort of sign p- off. Pack it up, yeah. Yeah. Th- so, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, like I was like I was saying to you um, off off air, like um, Ken Reeves and um, Tom Cruise are the last action heroes left. They are the last guys left that do the stunts are great you know the last movie stars that actually care about not that's the wrong way to put it but he's the last action hero one of the last action heroes so i'm pretty excited i agree with everything you said it looks good the combat scenes are very 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 good the thing about john wick's fight sequences is they are very relatable you can see yourself doing it. You know, it's not like sometimes you watch them, and that's why I liked. We're not talking about it today, but that's why I liked Daredevil. The fight scenes were very relatable. You know, I do karate, and I'm able to identify techniques when I see them. And there is a John Wick doesn't do karate; he's more judo. 
he's more judo and i could see the movements and i could see what he was doing so the, the sequences are well choreographed and you're, you're absolutely correct the coloring is nice the cinematography is good and they've built this world where this whole assassins universe is quite interesting you know the way they they have their codes their rules and all that you know it's really nice and i agree with you this is one for the cinema can't wait can't do this at home you need to see it in the big screen so yeah looking forward to it what i'm also really looking forward to is that like we were just saying that i think they should finish it off with the three movies but they have confirmed they are doing a tv series john wick tv series yeah so it's not, it's going to be based in the universe but john wick's not going to be there so it's right. going to focus on like the like these bounty hunters and the hotel. So that's going to be cool, I think. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to be coming out, but they are developing it. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that working because there is a lot of material there for that. Give me like know. a 10 episode series and you could fill a lot of stuff there that you can't really do in the movies because in the movies you have to concentrate on John Wick's John Wick. mission. Yeah. So yeah. I'm so so excited, man. Like this is the this brings back like going back to the first John Wick it brought back the 80s 90s action movie star do you know what I mean mm. that sort of movie that's just great fun mm -hmm. it's not cheesy really you know it takes itself very seriously but with a slight wink because you know obviously they're doing crazy things you mm -hmm. know he's, he's on a horse and he's he's got a samurai sword on a bike it's stuff that are unrealistic but there's a they make it in a way that you go well, no, I, I believe that could mm -hmm. happen. You mm -hmm. know, like you, it's very grounded, but with a sense of like a little wink to you. So yeah. it's good. I can't, I can't wait for it, man. So with all the trailers discussed now, we're going to head into the main section of the show, the one we love the most, and that is our movie and TV review. And this week, we're going to be reviewing Jordan Peele's new horror movie, Us. They look exactly like us. They think like us. They know where we are. We need to move and keep moving. They won't stop until they kill us. Until we kill them. So, Andy, there's a lot to talk about in this movie. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm going to tell you from the get-go, guys, that this is going to be a spoiler review. It's almost impossible to talk about this movie without getting into spoilers. So if you haven't seen the movie, come back, come back and listen to this episode afterwards. So ND, full on spoilers. What did you think about this movie? First of all, let me just give an overview of what the film is about because you don't get much of that from the trailers. So in the film, years ago, the government decided to experiment on cloning and they, were cl they cloned a lot of people, they cloned human beings, and th they abandoned the project because they found it impossible to clone the souls of a, of, a, of a human being. However, there was a sort of connection between the original people and the clones they made. Now, when the government abandoned the project, they kept all the clones underground, and they've been there ever since. But like I said, there is a connection between the original people and the clones that were um, underneath the ground. And they were underground and nobody knew about them. They were feeding on rabbits and that's, they were there. Then up until one point, the girl, a girl who was in a park with her, with her family got lost, went into a house of mirrors and saw her doppelganger. And they switched place and... Plot twist. Plot twist, yep. 
Yeah, that's at the end we find out at the switched place. But what happened is the girl, the original girl, who was who switched, went there and became sort of like the leader of the group, and planned that at a particular day she was going to they were all gonna come out and kill everybody. So that's basically what the film is about. But there is a deeper meaning about the film. You know, there are so many ways you can interpret it. You can interpret it as in us against them. Or you can interpret it about maybe how every one of us, we have dark side of us as well as our normal selves. Or you could interpret it how in society, like there is the rich and they live above and what they do affects us down here and things like that. So there's a lot of that. And it's interesting because based on what the US is going through right now, I feel that one of the reasons he named the film Us was because it was us, the United States as well, because there's a lot of problems going on in the US. So that being said, there are a number of things I like about the film. The first thing that really caught my attention was the soundtrack. The music was so on point. It was so good. Like every time they played a sound, it had it aligned with what was going on. And there was always a deeper meaning behind it. And sometimes the soundtrack was like sort of foreshadowing what was gonna happen. You wouldn't know till the end then it now makes sense oh for for example there was a time when in the car when they would play that song i got five on it you know at the time it didn't make sense i was like why are they choosing that song then it was at the end it makes sense. do you know what i've got five on it means yeah so it's sort of like so um just for our viewers i've got five on it is is a term um is from the 80s in the US, um, they used to sell drugs at um, $10 a, a bag of of, of, of weed. And uh, this guy, when you don't have, when you only have half of it, you know, you want to split the bill with your friend. You say, I've got five on it. You've got five on it. We put that together and it's 10 bucks and we can buy our weed. So that even that song was talking about the split between two people. And it was so good. And another one that struck me um, was the... Um, um, bleep the police oh yeah <laughs> that was really good because to, to give some background when that song came out in the US it was by NWA and the song was protesting um, the police killing um, black people police brutality towards black people and it's such a contrast that when that song was being played it was a black family that was attacking a white family you know so it was sort of flipping it over over the soundtrack of and it's so many times that and i found out and i um went on imdb to look at who the who was the composer of it and it's the same guy who worked with him in um us oh, i'm sorry in get, get out. out yeah i've forgotten his name but it's the same guy and this is just his second film you know and i, you know, I really respect that it's um i was happy because you know i like the fact that um, I like it when a movie director has his people he works with and you see them working together and all that. Even me as a filmmaker, I work with the people, the people that have worked with me with my very first film are still the ones that work with me till today. And I think that partnership is growing and I really was really cool to see that. And um, so the soundtrack was really good. Very, very, very impressive. And I think that struck me was the cinematography. It was really well shot. It was very, very, very good. And, you know, there were so many subtleties 
you know, 11-11. There were so many subtleties and things that you, you'd have to watch it again to see it all. But it was so good. And um, I'm just happy. One, the, my biggest joy for the film is Jordan Peele. You know, there is now a new voice in the horror genre. And the fact that with this film, he stayed true to him, his, the type of horror films that he wants to make. You can see the similarities between this film and Get Out. It, because they both have to do with scientific, scientific manipulation of the human, of, of man. You know, Get Out, they were trying to put two people in one soul. And this film, they were trying to make one person into two people. So you can see that parallel and all that. So it sort of like ties into the entire universe. There I see maybe there is a correlation between the government who were trying to clone the human beings and this guy in Get Out. Maybe there is, maybe there isn't. But I'm just happy that he's making his type of movies. He's not being influenced by anybody. And it seems like we have a new voice in horror. I mean, those are the things I really liked about it, you know. The only downside for me was I feel in some places, not too many, because it was done well for most of the film, I feel there were some times when the jokes came at the wrong time. You know, sometimes when something serious was really going on and they just threw in a joke there, it sort of diminished the impact of the horror that we just saw. And I just feel that that was just, it, it, it didn't work for me. That was the only thing I didn't like about it, but everything else was really, really good. That's my review on the film. <laughs> cool, yeah, so mainly positive then. Oh, yeah. I am going to echo your thoughts and I'm going to take it to a new level. I absolutely loved this movie. I really, really, really enjoyed it. The plot twist at the end, that was the thing for me. That just took me over the edge and I was like, whoa, that blew my mind. Did you not see it? I, I No, I really didn't see it coming, to be honest. I, at first, so what we're talking about is the plot twist where uh, Lupita Nyong'o's main character, Adelaide, we find out that she was the one yeah. the entire time. Mm -hmm. At the, the first scene, where, near the beginning of the movie, I thought, oh, I think she switched. I thought she switched, but then they didn't really spend too much time on it. And I thought, oh, maybe not. So then I completely forgot about it, that theory. And then I just went into it and I was pleasantly surprised with the plot twist. So I was happy with that. They foreshadowed it in a lot of places. I, I didn't see it personally. For Have me. you seen, you've seen Aliens, haven't you? Yeah. There was one scene where immediately I saw it. I knew, and oh, so, so, something else that Pell did very well in this film. He paid homage to a lot of horror, you know, like the whole, they were dressed that red thing that's uh, Michael that's like a, it's like a jumpsuit yeah yeah from um, the Halloween guy Halloween. but do you know that time she was tied to the bed in the family in the their neighbor's family where what's her name again uh, the, the actress yes Lu Lupita Nyong'o yeah when Lupita was tied to the bed and Emily was um, Elizabeth Moss Elizabeth, Elizabeth Moss came close to her they might that was mimicking the scene from Aliens where you remember that time when the xenomorph came close to her? To uh, Ripley's face, yeah. Yeah, but didn't kill her because she had a kid in it. It was the same thing they did, where that's why he didn't kill her, because she knew that she was one of them. Immediately, I saw that framing. I was like, that's exactly what they're doing. It, it's Fair enough. I see. I didn't clock that. But this, this movie, I think, deserves a second viewing. Because yeah. there's a lot in this movie that, things like that, that I missed. But probably on a repeat viewing, ah, okay, I see what, I see what you're doing. Now, the best thing about this movie, uh, goes back to what you were saying, is Jordan Peele. 
I highly respect this man. When I first found out he was doing Get Out, I thought, oh, right, this guy's a comedy. Comedian. C- yeah. Comedian. I was like, he's going to do a horror movie because I love horror movies and I'm like, <laughs> with, with comedies. So I thought, okay, you know, give everybody a chance. Now, he was actually, that was the underdog movie because you, you, you don't really expect much from somebody like that, you know, to come up with that. So that just, you know, and it just took it over here. Here, he had an expectation to live up to. So he was already, you know, it's, it's difficult when you ha- when you're f- the first movie you did was so popular and made a lot of money and so successful to capitalize on that is very difficult. And after I watched this movie, I was like, huh, I don't know how people are going to react to this. But I thought, but for me, I thought this was a fantastic film. And the, like I said, so with, with Jordan Peele, he's just so clever with the way he, he does his movies with all the little things that you say with the music. I agree with you. The music was fantastic like the right choice of music in the right scenes was done perfectly. And then, like you said, they relate to the deeper themes. I thought the actual score as well was weird and I I loved it. It was very atonal, didn't really have a rhythm going and made you feel creepy and weird. And I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. Again, the cinematography, sometimes those shots, he held longer than he should have, if you know what I mean. Like Mm, you think mm. it's going to cut to something else, but he holds it for that couple of fraction of, you know, frames longer. And it puts you in this weird unsettling way, which is, you know, you have to do in horror movies. And especially when he's going close ups on some of the actor's face and you can really see some of the emotions going through them. And you he held it there for a bit too long, but mm. it made perfect sense for him to do that. So very, very clever there. And with the actual story, like you said, this can be interpreted many different ways, but the, the story I got out of it was that it was about really that there's it's not a masked guy coming after you there's no scary monsters the true villain the true evil is the evil in ourselves mm. that's what i got out of it mm. it is us mm. you know you know mm-hmm. to lack mm-hmm. of a better terms that is the true evil and that we all have a dark side and that we we can be capable of horrible things but then it also shows that there's the light side to us where we can be better people mm. so i really really liked that of it secondly the acting was phenomenal. I really loved the acting. Now, Lupita Nyong'o, I think she's a wonderful actress. Everything she's in turns to gold. So I knew she was going to kill it in this role. So we knew that she was going to play like a dual personality. So I knew she was going to kill it in the main role. I didn't expect the the crazy role she played was amazing. Mm. Like some scenes just got me so uncomfortable and she played that perfectly. She really got this creepy vibe and the the voice. The voice. Oh, the, the voice. voice was so creepy the and voice. it was just perfect. And completely different characters. You know, she got the Oscar for 12 Years a Slave, but right now I'm saying give this lady an Oscar for this film because her performance was the best thing about the film for me. And the family in general, their chemistry was insane. Like you really believed they were a family. Do you know what I mean? From the kids to the dad, everything was perfect. Their interaction with each other, the jokes that they throw at each other, everything was perfect. And when you have a strong cast like that and the chemistry is good, for Jordan Peele, this must have been a breeze. You know, you know as a director, when you have that talent and everyone's getting on great, it, it makes the film a lot easier to work mm. with. Mm. So that, that's what, what I got to love. I also loved in the scenario that for a horror movie, there wasn't a lot of running and hiding. You know what I mean? Like when it actually came to, they've got uh, they've got to fight these people. They were like, yeah, 
and and they went for it and they didn't hold back even the kids like they proper went for it i love that it's it's small but i love that i'd rather than cowering and hiding and always it's a movie about running away no they were like we it's either us or them mm. We, mm. they will not stop until one of us dies and they fully went for that so that's what main thing about it. like everything about this movie really was really really good yeah. I, I i was thinking about it after the movie i was thinking a lot about the movie especially that ending but i was trying to think is there anything bad about the movie once at times it did get a little bit slow just certain scenes nothing crazy but apart from that i can't find a bad bone in this in, mm-hmm. this, in this film uh, another thing i would say is that it's it's similar to get out in a lot of ways because he wrote it very soon after get out but it's different it's more it's subtler get out so with get out they wore the racial ideology on the sleeve this one is more of a subtle way of it's more it's just as progressive but it's a subtler way of talking about the racial ideology and things like that so almost a perfect film for me mm. uh, we'll give our ratings in a bit but yeah do you, do you think i has a theory i think the little boy was it theta as well the little boy yeah i think he was swapped at some point before the film he was swapped as well because there were just a couple of things he was and if you noticed a lot of times in the film when the family were doing things if you look at the expression on his face he was like what are you guys doing you know and things like when he was saying i used to know this trick but i've forgotten it you know i've forgotten this trick and things like that and just how that look that she gave her mom at the end and the mom just smiled you know i was like yeah i think it's a terror as well but that's just fan theory and all of that but yeah we're going to scores now but um no i i one thing i do echo with what you said is jordan peele i'm just very happy for him and i you know i really can't wait to see what he's gonna do next i just want him to not rush into the third film Take your time out, take a couple of years, give us one or two years and everything, then you release a third one. Because if you do it as soon as you, you know, the t- difference between Get Out and this one was so short. So so um, I'm hoping he gives it some time, but I really love to see what he's going to do next. I'm really happy for him. Yeah, personally, I'd like to see him do not a horror movie for his next one. Maybe take it, obviously, because he loves, he clearly loves his horror movies. Go back to your horror movie, but I'd say your next one, try something else. He has a series on YouTube. Do you know that? Uh, I, I've heard about it. I've never watched it. Though. Yeah, it's sort of... I've, I've seen a few episodes. It's very dark mirror-ish. Okay. It's that futuristic social media type thing. Yeah, that's what it's about. But it's a bit... You just watch it. But yeah, he has something there. So you could watch that if you want to see other stuff he's done. Yeah, yeah. I'll, yeah, I'll definitely be that. checking yeah. it out. Another thing I'd like to point out as well is that the way he handled racial ideology in this movie was very good as well. So like the characters of Elizabeth Moss and uh, Tim Heidecker, mm. the, they weren't their white friends. They were just their friends. The mm-hmm. way they played that was done perfectly. Do you mm. know how, you know yeah. what I mean? That in yeah. a lot of movies, they portray them as, oh, they're the white friends. Mm. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Yeah. And it, they didn't do that in this movie. It was just organic. Yeah. That time they went to beach in my head, I was like, no, just don't say anything. Don't just... Just be, like, let it just be normal conversation. Normal that, conversation, yeah. yeah. That's what I was saying in my head. I don't want, I'm not in the right frame of mind to have a scene where they're talking that it's, you see the racial undertones. I wasn't ready for that. No. So it was just, 
No, they played no, it on yeah. Lupita's PTSD. Yeah. That's what they were focusing yeah. on. They, nothing about race or anything like that. And, mm-hmm. and that was the, the cunning thing to do. Yeah. I just, it's strange how they made the, you know, the Lupita's family. They are the normal family and they have normal, normal everything. Perfect family. Perfect family. Then it's the other family, their neighbors, that's very dysfunctional. Very dysfunctional. And it's amazing how. That took me by surprise as well in the neighbor when, because at first I thought it's just the main family, yeah. And then when you see that, (gasps) yeah, that that just comes out of nowhere because like the the twins, Mm. she comes out and kills the twins instantly. I was like, (laughs) oh, because they didn't in the trailers they didn't mention nothing. They didn't know. They didn't. They didn't. It wasn't even incited that there were more of them. Mm. They just. It's just the family. And then that happened. And then. From there, that was the the, mo- the point of the movie where I thought the first half was very traditional horror. Yeah. You know, like, oh, so this person's after us and we have to get away. And it, but, and I loved it and it was done very well. But then at that moment went on, it just changed the movie and I loved it. Mm. It just went weird. It went very Get Out style. Mm. This movie was more traditional than Get Out in a lot of ways, but the it still has that Jordan Peele flavor. Yeah, yeah. So I, I can't wait for what he does next clever guy i love it love it so are we ready to do our scores then yep cool what are you gonna go for i'm gonna give this film an 8.5 cool 8.5 very high score very very high score it's a very good film it's a very good film yeah i absolutely adore this movie i need to see it again to see whether i prefer it to get out or not i know you said you prefer get out you're you're, you're, you're there now with get out get out i still need to decide but right now I'm going to give it a nine. Mm. Nine out of ten for me. Mm. Mm. Go hunt, go see this movie. Oh, it's, yeah. yeah. Don't wait for the DVD or for it to come out on Sky. Just go see the cinema and see it. It's a very good film. Yeah, and this is going to be a very good year for horror movies, I think. I mm. think we're in for something special. But right now, this is my not just horror movie, but favorite movie of the year. Mm. Okay. Of, what, of 2019, of what I've seen so far, this is my favorite movie of the year. Mm. Okay, that's cool. How about you? Is it? I think for me, for now, it's either Captain Marvel or hmm, I don't know. You gave Captain Marvel a seven point eight. Yeah, yeah, but still one of my best films of the year. Yeah, um, is that why I give it? Yeah, seven point eight. Yeah, no, it's I gave it a, uh, that score, but, but it's still one of the. It's still a very good film. Um, huh? What has has been my favorite film this year? I can't say for now. Maybe I'll think about it and say it next week. But yeah, um, Captain Marvel for me is the best for me. Obviously, I'm not talking about the best thing I've seen this year is Love, Dead and Robots, to be honest. Oh, yeah. That's the yeah. best thing I've seen. But we're talking about films. It's it's either Captain Marvel, but this film is up there. Definitely. It's a very, very good film. So this is for me, it's uh, 8.5. Go see it in the cinema. And that's a 9 out of 10 from me. So yeah, 100%. Go see us in the cinema. And with that, we're going to go into the final segment of the show. And that is simply what's coming for you guys and what we recommend for you to watch. Well, gentlemen, you had my curiosity. But now you have my attention. Bit of a slow one this week. Not much coming out. But nevertheless, something I'm very looking forward to. And that is What We Do in the Shadows. The TV series that's going to premiere on FX. If it premieres on FX, I would imagine here in UK, it would be on Sky or Now TV. So that's I'm going to keep an eye on for that to see if it actually comes out in the UK. 
I'm so excited for this though. <laughs> like we we, we yeah. watched the trailer, we reviewed the trailer. It, Taika Waititi's involved. It's more of the same from the previous movie. I'm just so excited, and I haven't actually seen a good comedy series for a long time. You know what I mean? Mm. There's been plenty mm-hmm. of series out there that focus on action yeah. and 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 magic and sci-fi, all these other things, but nothing's really comedy-wise oh, yet. That's true. Yeah. Now that you mentioned it, that's true. I mean, you've got the classics. Like, I mean, I'd say the most recent comedy is like The Big Bang Theory, mm-hmm. but that's more of a sitcom. Yeah, this is an actual comedy, comedy TV, series. and it's not people laughing in the background. It's just going to be cooping the jokes, and you laugh at the jokes. Yeah, actually, now that you mentioned it, yeah, there hasn't been one on TV. I mean, the last comedy series I saw was A Good Place on Netflix. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen that. No. Yeah, it's 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 meh. It's not like. <laughs> It's not like up there, but it was okay. But yeah, now that you mentioned it, yeah, I agree with you on that. I never thought about it, but yeah. So it's it's gonna be good. It's I like it. I like films where they, I like spoof comedies. Those are my favorite type of comedies, spoofs. If it's done well, because there's well, plenty yeah. out there that are really bad as well. Yeah. Because you can get some terrible spoof comedies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, speaking of spoofs, what's your favorite spoof movie of all time? Hmm. It has to be um one from. This guy, um, rest, who's who's late now, um, Leslie Nelson. Oh yeah, it has to be one of his films. So it's either, it's one of his films, and I would say it's maybe oh, what's, what was it? Something gone. Um, I've forgotten the name, but it's a Leslie Nelson film. I can't remember the name. What about yours? I think I'm gonna go back to like the one that started it all because I, to this day I still can't find a funnier film, and that's Airplane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's, uh, it's Nelson Nelson, isn't it? Yeah, he has one of his, yeah, yeah, as well. Yeah, that's one of yeah. But Airplane for me, like, it doesn't matter how old that movie is or when I want to watch it. Every time I watch it, I, I'm just tearing up because it's just hilarious. And if it wasn't for that movie, there wouldn't be spoof movies because that yeah. was, like, the first one. Yeah, yeah. He was the... Um, let's see, he's late now. He was the father of spoof movies. Yeah, he, he started that genre, I think. He doesn't get yeah. much credit, but he did a lot of work there, yeah. So, and as well, that with that coming out this week, what we do in the shadows, the movie is going to be Disney's Dumbo. Very anticipated movie. This this movie's going to earn a lot of money, like any other Disney classic. The CGI looks awesome. It looks very well uh, shot. Looks really pretty. Some really talented cast in there. Michael Keaton, Danny DeVito, Colin Farrell, Evergreen, directed by Tim Burton. I mean, what more could you want? Are you looking forward to Dumbo? I'm not not looking forward to it. However, it's not a cinema one for me, unfortunately. It's not one I will go to the cinema to watch, but that does not mean I wouldn't say people should go to the cinema. It's just not... It just doesn't move my feet. It doesn't appeal to you as much. Yeah, yeah. I will watch it if it, if uh, if it's on Sky and I ain't got nothing else to do. I can watch it, but it just doesn't move my feet. And that's just me it's nothing to do with film i agree with you it looks amazing the trailers look good the cgi was well done it's got one of my favorite actresses in it um it's got uh what's her name evergreen 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 yeah, yeah evergreen is one of my favorite actors of all time so yeah so that's good but it's just not gonna move me but it's gonna be good yeah no for, for me dumbo was never one growing up that i was like whoa dumbo was like one of my favorite disney movies it was sort of in the background mm-hmm. I obviously it watched yep. it and stuff but it didn't like it wasn't like lion king or the jungle yeah. book that was that was for me the two main ones i'm gonna watch it anyway because my girlfriend loves disney so wherever disney's involved i have to go there <laughs> 
Uh, but I'm still looking forward to watching it, so I will be checking it out this week yeah. in the cinema. Nice. Let us know what you think. Oh, yeah, happened. 100%. I'll be talking about it briefly on next week's episode. Awesome. With that, we're going to finish up today. Andy, where can people find you? I am on Twitter at Nduaj. That's N-D-U-A-J. Find me on Twitter. And in relation to that, is there anything you'd like to tell the audience that what's just come out? Yes, accepting her. My latest cinema release <laughs> is out. If you want to watch my film, go to acceptingher.com, acceptingher.com. That's where you can watch my film. It's all there. It's free. There is no paywall. It's out there in the public. Watch it and let me know what you think. I've been getting a lot of good messages from people. People who have watched it, they've sent me a lot of messages and I'm really encouraged by that. So viewers just go give it a watch that would mean a lot thank you yeah that's awesome we're very happy for nd here at film seven that he's finally got the film accepting it all right yep. which is taking you a long time to make and you've finally you've done. made you a broken man at times <laughs> yeah. two years two years took me two years but to it's make finally this out there yep it's finally out there already writing my next one cool and we can't wait to see what you do with that yeah so with that you can see find me at sweaty jake on instagram and twitter and you can find us film seven on itunes spotify and soundcloud and you can also find us at twitter at film seven podcast until next week guys goodbye